You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We've been looking, for the, uh, last week we started just a, a short series on Philippians chapter 4, and uh, we're going to carry on today. Philippians chapter 4, last week we read verses 4 to 7, or we looked at it in more detail. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There was this call that we're given to rejoice in the Lord always. And in every situation, there's a temptation to kind of get caught up in, in the woe is us, how big problems are. But actually, we, we set our eyes upon Jesus, who's this unchanging God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can rejoice in every situation we go through because God is in control. Amen? He's able to do more than we could dare to dream or imagine. And so we lift our eyes up upon Him. And so we rejoice in Him, but we also give our anxieties. Everything, every worry, every concern, we cast it upon the Lord because He's able to carry these burdens. He, he calls us to have a yoke that's easy and a burden that's light. Why? Because He's standing with us and uh, He calls us to learn from Him. And in response, we receive this perfect peace that tr- transcends all understanding and guards our hearts and minds. As we keep reading this passage, it, it then goes on to say, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the peace of God will be with you. Paul says at the end of verse 8, he says, think about such things. Now Paul gives some guidelines as to what our thought life needs to look like. Because our thoughts shape and control our conduct and ultimately our destiny. Everything starts with a thought, right? Everything starts with what goes on in your head before it ever manifests in the practical. The King James Version of Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Franklin Outlaw said, Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. But it starts with this thought, starts with a thought process. In other words, if you want to change your behavior, you want to change the direction you're going, it starts with changing your thinking. Sometimes we're looking for something in this world to change our lives, but it starts between your ears, right? It starts right between your ears. The the, the change of direction, the change of, of what needs to happen in our lives actually starts with our thought process. But also our, our thoughts... God holds accountable for what we think about. It's the one thing in our lives that's invisible. No one sees it. We obviously see the reactions or our responses to life, but actually God sees everything that we think about. Isn't that a scary thought? In fact, there are some sins that are only committed in our minds. Right? No one else sees it, but God holds us accountable for these things. We don't see lust, but it's there in our our thought. We don't see greed or envy or unforgiveness. All of those things are actually, they're completely in our thought processes. They may never be seen by anyone else, but but the Lord sees. And so it's important for us 
to, to control our thought life. We have to give an account for our thought life. It's not actually kind of a no-go zone. Actually, that's part of what God looks at. And the uncontrolled thought life is like a city with no walls or gates. Now, obviously, our cities in, you know, in today's world don't have gates, but maybe you could look at it even as a country, a country with no borders. Hmm. What would it look like for, for countries that have no borders? Well, the EU, I guess. You have no control, right? You have no control who comes in, who takes, who takes residence. But actually, a thought life that has no boundaries, any thought can enter and take residence, whether good or bad. It has, we have no control. But actually, God gives, a, 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 through Paul, a criteria as to actually what our thought life needs to look like. He, he kind of lays it out in, in kind of a, a, a simple way. And so Paul gives this criteria to think about these things. So the first one, he says, what is true? Whatever is true. Now, where does truth come from? There's only one place that true truth is. Truth isn't relative. But there's an author of truth, which is the Lord Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so actually, when we're thinking about truth, we're thinking of actually about the, 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 that, those thoughts that align themselves with the Word of God, with what Jesus is and who Jesus is. And these are thoughts about yourself, about your circumstances, about others. And Satan will do everything in his power to feed lies into our thought processes. Again, we can start to think about something as a child, or we can think about ourselves or situations or others that completely is not true, but we dwell on it. We, we think on it. We, we take it as our own, those thoughts as our own, and they become part of who we are, how we see this world. You know, it's interesting, I meet with people and pray with people and they, they look at situations or they look at their lives and they only see it from one way because they believed a lie. And no matter what you say, yeah, but there's this thought process they have that's wrong. And the Bible says we need to think about what is true. If what you're thinking is not true, stop thinking it. Because when we believe a lie over time, it becomes a pattern of thinking. Patterning, patterns of thinking become strongholds that the enemy will use to stop us from experiencing God's best for our lives. God has something good for you. God has a future for your life. He has a, a plan for today, a destiny for your life. But actually it starts with you believing the truth and thinking about the truth instead of thinking about the lies. We'll come back to this a little bit later in the, the passage. But then Paul goes on to say, Whatever is noble. And this really means what is honest or honorable thoughts. Not trying to look at ways to, to be underhanded or cheating or dishonest. But actually, what I'm thinking, what I'm meditating upon, isn't trying to get what's good for me. You know, you're doing your tax return. What am I meditating on at this moment? Am I meditating upon what I can get out of this? What loopholes I can find? Or am I being honest it might be noble in my thought processes. A lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about how they can cheat the system. But you know what? God calls us to have noble thoughts. When you're looking at your life and what you're doing tomorrow at work, you're thinking noble thoughts. Think about noble thoughts. That which should be honorable before the sight of man and most of all before the sight of God. That which is right is the next one. That which is just and righteous, keeping God's commands. 
How do I honor God with this circumstance? What is God's will in this? I'm going to be thinking your thoughts on this. What is just? Again, even looking at the situation that we've just heard. What is justice? What is God's justice for those who are, who are being persecuted and our role in it? What, what are God's thoughts in that? Actually, we, we can think right thoughts. We can think righteous thoughts in those moments. He goes on to say, what is pure? Pure is, is thoughts that are clean and innocent. Again, these are our thoughts that, um, our thoughts that we would not be ashamed if people knew what we were thinking. Because they're pure, they're innocent. They're thoughts that a child would have in the sense of, in this innocence. Lovely. These are the thoughts that are acceptable and pleasing, reflecting true love, not filled with contention or strife or wrath or hatred, but actually it's lovely. What are th- our thoughts are lovely. When we think about other people, we think lovely thoughts. We don't think contentious or strife thoughts. We don't think thoughts of hate, hatred, but we think thoughts of love. It then goes on to about thoughts that are admirable. Thoughts that are of a good report. Thoughts that are of a kindly spirit. Again, these thoughts that we have about one another. 1 Corinthians 13 speaks about this kind of love. And to think thoughts that are admirable are thoughts that are, are kind. You know, how many times are we in situations where we don't think kind thoughts and we're just glad that people don't know what we thought? How many would agree with that? There's moments in our lives where we think things, we don't say it, which is wisdom, But not, doesn't mean that the thoughts were not admirable, right? But actually, we're challenged to not even go down the road of thinking it. You know, Jesus, when he was on the earth, and, and he, they were kind of defining what sin is. Sin, Jesus kind of defined sin as the step before. It isn't when you commit the act of adultery. It's actually lusting. It's actually the thought process before is the start of it. It's not just the action of it. And so, again, wisdom can say, well, I don't say everything I think, but actually maybe we should not even be thinking it. It's the step backwards, but we need God's help in that because our, our thoughts, you know, they come in, and that's why I said like, our thoughts can be like an unwalled city. Something happens in our lives, some situation happens, and we don't think lovely, kind thoughts in towards the person or towards the situation. We think anger, we think all those kind of thoughts. And yes, we might kind of keep that under control and not let it out, but actually... We need God's help at that moment to not let the thoughts in. I'm not going to dwell on thoughts that are negative or, and aggressive and, and angry towards the person around me. I'm going to choose to think God's thoughts right now. I'm going to choose to have a walled city around my, my thought process. Now, although the, 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 the door is being knocked on and anger is right there, say, hello, I'm angry. I want you to think about this. This person offended me. We have a choice as to whether we open that door, let that thought in, dwell on it, entertain it, make it a home. It can take residence there. It even can invite bitterness along. They can have a community and start to dwell there, have children. And pretty soon you're just a bitter person. You may not have said anything to anyone, but it all has gone on in your head. 
And the problem is if you're entertaining bitterness in your thought process, it starts to affect your destiny. Where you're going, what you're doing, how you're living. Paul then changes the sentence structures by saying if. He says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. It's almost as if in the next two, these next two ones, he, he kind of just simplifies it to keep it simple. and says, basically, if anything is excellent, meaning if anything is virtually, oh, sorry, not virtually, it is a virtuous course of thought or high moral standards. In other words, if godly, if it's like that, think about it. If it's going to be a high, if it's a, if it's a moral thought, if it's a godly thought, go for it. That's a God thought. Think about those things. That makes it quite simple. Should I be thinking this? Well, is it, is it virtuous? Yeah. Good. Go for it. Meditate on it. Think about it all day long. God would be happy with you. But then the next one is if anything is praiseworthy. In other words, worthy of praise. Now, obviously, God is the ultimate one worthy of praise, right? We can think all day long about His attributes, His deeds, about everything that God is. And, and it's almost, it's an easy thought process to just think about God. But actually thinking about what is praiseworthy is also in relations to the people around us. You know, I think for most of us, we don't dwell upon the thoughts that are praiseworthy. We dwell upon the things that are negative, don't we? When we have an encounter, when we go for a coffee with someone, we meet people, often our thoughts are first directed towards that which was negative. Not which it was praiseworthy. And yet, Paul says, actually, if we can think about the good attributes, the positive ac- attributes, the, 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 the affirming thoughts, actually, those are kind of thoughts that God's pleased with. So we can think about what is excellent, and we can think about what is praiseworthy, but everything else, we've got to kind of stop. Now, this is a pretty challenging word. In, in order for us to put all of this into practice, Every one of us will need to do the following few things. One is, we have been given the mind of Christ. Yes? We see this in 1 Corinthians. We have been given the mind of Christ. How can I think God's thoughts? Well, I don't have in myself the ability just to think God's thoughts because I'm a person. But when we receive Christ in our lives and His Spirit dwells in us, it's like we receive a computer chip with God's thoughts in us. We have this, this, this connection to the Spirit of God that is in us. And from the point of Him being in us, we now can tap into His thought process. And His thought process is excellent, and is praiseworthy, and is kind, and is admirable, and is true, and is right. His thought process are all those things. And it comes and it starts from this point of the Spirit of God moving in us and through us. And the Spirit of God is like a filtration system. And if we're allowing His Spirit to move in us, it can filter our thought process because the Spirit is suddenly involved in our thought life to identify that which is not of Him. If we spend time in the Spirit, we'll know when we're thinking the wrong thoughts. Can I tell you that? You'll be convicted that you shouldn't think that way because something in you is thinking something different. But we need to allow that. We need to allow the Spirit to have His way in our lives. From the point of the Spirit coming and dwelling in us, we we then have this 
responsibility to control the input. You can't wash yourself, try to clean yourself while standing in the middle of sewer, can you? If you want to be nice and clean, yet you choose to live in the tip, you're going to struggle to be clean and smell nice. And the same thing goes for you and I in our thinking. If we constantly are feeding our minds with music or TV or movies or games or, or books or things that are, are, are feeding our old nature, and yet at the same time thinking, I want to think godly thoughts, yet all the time we're feeding our old nature. It's what we like, it's what, is our old, it's what we're comfortable with, we're, we're listening to it, we're reading it, we're watching it, we're, we're studying it, and yet over here we think, okay, but I'm going to try to think what is excellent, yet all the while I've only ate what is bad. It's like trying to eat junk food and yet have a healthy body. It doesn't work. Right? You can love your Kit Kats and you can love all those kind of, kind of sweets and stuff, but if you want to be a lean, mean, fighting machine, you need to eat properly. You need to change. You know, Kevin is agreeing with me. Kevin, right? Come on, brother. You got to change what goes in your body if you want to expect different results in how your body responds. We will think about what we feed our minds. We will think about what we feed it. And I want you just to kind of dwell on this, this thought process. Actually, if all day long or, or in our spare moments, we're constantly feeding one side of things, we'll never be feeding the spirit man something different and thus producing different thoughts. Are you getting God's truth, His word, His thoughts in your mind? Again, I, I don't believe it just happens. Ken Fuse uh, says this, as you cannot... Be profoundly influenced by that which you don't know. You, I'll say it again. You cannot be profoundly influenced by that which you don't know. If you've never fed your mind anything of godly nature, uh, of a godly thought, how can we be changed by it? How can we be thinking it even? If you've never implanted the thought to start with, if you've never read it, if you've never listened to it, if you've never uh, kind of submerged yourself in it, how will you expect to be thinking those thoughts? Yet, it's so easy for us because of the world we live in, you know, to fill our minds with violence, to fill our minds with filth, with impurities, with all sorts of things that is just normal in the world we live in, and yet somehow expect that we're going to think right thoughts, true thoughts, when we haven't fed our minds those thoughts to start with. Your mind can only think that which you feed it. Would you agree? You only think that which you've invested, you've put into it. I, I've discovered that it's much easier to watch television than it is to read my Bible. How many would you agree with that? It's much easier in the morning to watch the, the news than it is to pick up your Bible and say, I'm going to focus some time and read it. It's much easier in the evening when I'm tired to just watch the television, watch the news, watch whatever, than it is to say, I'm going to read a, a good book that's going to challenge me. It's much easier to switch off and let someone else fill my mind with stuff I don't really need than it is for me intentionally feed it with what I do need. But we are to think about these things. Lastly, it's taking authority over our thought life. So we have the mind of Christ. He's given up His Spirit. We, we, we have this ability to control what goes in, but then there's a point where we need to control our thoughts, take authority over our thought life. 
If you think thoughts on a regular basis that do not line up with the knowledge of Christ, God has given us authority to demolish these strongholds of our thinking. But only you can do it. I can't stop you thinking certain thoughts. Only you can take authority over your own brain, your own thinking. But it doesn't just happen. And just real quickly, as we bring this to a close, is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I know we've read this in the past, but I just want to read it one more time. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Sorry, it won't be on the screen. 3 to 5. It says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. For we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Do you know, we have this ability, because of what Christ has done, to take captive every thought and make it obedient to the knowledge of Christ. When we believe a lie, when we think a lie, it takes the truth to, to bring us into a place of freedom, but we need to take captive the thought and apply the truth of God and make it obedient to that. Which is a process of us proclaiming it until we believe it, until we think it. Again, it isn't just a light switch moment. It, it, it sometimes, if we've been thinking a certain way our whole lives, it takes a time to unravel that and, and build God's truth into it. But you've got to be building God's truth in so you can begin to think it. And we take captive, which means the thoughts and the thought process that is not of God. And when we look at Scripture, Scripture does not align with it. And the Holy Spirit says, no, that isn't a thought of me. Then we take that thought and we say, do you know what? I'm going to choose to apply God's word to it and make this thought obedient to what God says. If I think I'm worthless, if I think I don't have a hope, if I think, you know what, my, my life is not worth living, do you know what, God says the very opposite. And you need to stop living and believing the lie and start thinking God's thoughts. Only you can do this. God is giving you the power, divine power to demolish these strongholds. But you have to take the captive, the thoughts. And can I just say again, you can only apply the thoughts of God into the thoughts of your old nature if you know the thoughts of God to start with. You can only apply truth to a lie if you know the truth. You can only be thinking true thoughts if you have allowed time to invest in getting the truth into your head to start with. We need to be thinking thoughts that are God's thoughts. And I believe in this time, in this day and age, everything in us wants us to believe something else. But you know what? It's time for us as believers to think godly thoughts and to have a thought life that's controlled by the Spirit of God. I believe as a church, if we were thinking God's thoughts as we go through our week, you know what? Our world would look different. But everything around us, the internet, the TV, everything is trying to force us into a mold that God has not called us to be in. We're in this world, but we're not to be like this world. We need to be change agents, but we need the change in us first. And it starts with our thought processes. God wants you to think differently. Paul didn't just write this to the church, but you know what he says at the very end of it? He says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Paul lived this. Paul wrote who, who wrote a lot of the New Testament. He didn't just speak this. And tell the church, come on guys, you've got to be thinking better. He lived this out. He said, you know what, if you've seen it in me, I want you to put it into practice. Because I put this into practice. 
I'm doing it, and you can do it too. You know, and the peace of God will be with you, he says. And the peace of God will be with you. Just as I close, how is your thought life? Is your mind like a city with no walls? Or are you controlling what's coming in and what's going out? I want to encourage you guys. You know what? Life's too short to be thinking your whole life the wrong thoughts. Leading to doing the wrong things. Missing out on what God has for you. Let's think on the things that please the heart of God. That release us into God's best for us. It starts today. It starts right now. What are you thinking about at this moment? Is it a good thought? I hope he finishes soon. <laughs> I want my coffee. It's late. We're ten minutes past. Well, we should be finished. The challenge, as I just bring it to a close, is to control the intake. I, I want to encourage you guys to be looking even this week at your life. What, what are you feeding your thought processes in your spare time? What are you, what are you ingesting? You know, we become like the people we hang around, but we also become like that which we, we invest into. You know, I, people that, I, that are going forward in a walk with God are often, if not always, people that are reading the, the Christian books, that are being challenged, they're, they're spending daily time in the Lord, in devotional time, they're, they're pressing into God. They're the ones that are movers and shakers. You look at anyone in history who's gone and done great things in the kingdom of God, they've known what to think about. It didn't just happen. They've invested into thoughts. So we control the intake, but we also evaluate our thought life with the help of the Holy Spirit. And in that process, when things become illuminated that are not right, maybe we're dwelling on things, even maybe more recently, we started dwelling on thoughts that are not of God. Do you know what? We need to take authority and stop it. Because it's going to do you no good. There's been moments where I've, you know, people have hurt me or hurt us in ministry. And there's a temptation to just dwell on those things and just let that eat up, you, eat your peace and eat you up. But there are moments where you just need to let that go and say, I forgive them. And I'm going to move on. I'm just going to, I'm going to do that because if I keep entertaining those thoughts, it's going to, it's going to destroy me. I'll never be able to see the light of day. And I will not be able to go forward. But I have to take, I, there's a point I have to take authority and stop it. It's not about just getting someone to pray for you. It's about us choosing to think the right thoughts. Paul wouldn't have said, think about these things if we can't have the ability to choose our thoughts. It's our choice. It's your choice. It's my choice to think God thoughts. I hope this makes sense. I hope this week you're going to think some really good thoughts. Excellent, praiseworthy. Why don't we stand as we close? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.